This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before you mash that fast forward button to move to the beginning of today's episode, I'd like to quickly tell you about some ways you can support the show and everything that I'm doing right now. You can support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Again, just go on over to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Become a patron for as little as $5 a month. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. It's incredibly important with the way iTunes works. So if you have a second, please leave a rating and or review and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts, you can check out chasethomaspodcast.com. That is on my previous episode, a link to my newsletter, and all my articles that I've written. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas. You can like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer, or you can just tell a friend you found this independent sports podcast that they should check out too. Thank you for listening. You're all the best. And I think we've reached the point in this intro where my uncle Darren can play me in. All right, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Nick Bacone is here, and Nick SmackDown Live had its worst rating since October of 2017. It opened with an uncomfortable page here moment. A match between Sheamus and Xavier Woods took place. No Daniel Bryan. Big Cass got a 10-minute promo for whatever reason. There were 73 backstage segments. There was a Shinsuke Nakamura low blow, which I think's happened 17 straight weeks. And, you know, there we got reminded that Randy Orton doesn't actually care about anything and that he and Jeff Hardy are totally fine with each other. Um, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, and... Uh... I think the superstar shakeups really done wonders for SmackDown in a not so good way at this point. So it's still weird. Now I'm, I want to touch on this when we talk about TV this week, but uh, my early thoughts on that, I saw that number and that was something I wanted to touch on first because yeah. I mean, it was kind of weird that you see that report that Daniel Bryan was like removed from the show last minute. Cause he was supposed to originally come out to um, have some sort of segment with Big Cass, which would have made a lot more sense considering they have a match mm. this Sunday yeah. and this was a go-home show. But uh, that was odd. I don't really understand why if it was just selling the injuries that he sustained in the uh, greatest Royal Rumble ever. I don't really know, but that's odd. It was just a weird week in wrestling and WWE did this to themselves. I wrote about this in one of my recaps this week that they back themselves into a corner because there's just no prudent behavior with the way they operate right now and that they moved all these pieces around, but there's still this pay-per-view on the table and they still have this greatest rumble on last Friday and just everything is just discombobulated right now. And until Backlash gets out of the way, it's just hard to do these shows 
because um, everything seems like a placeholder right now, and they're just trying to get past um, the, at this point in TV coverage. And um, I kind of feel bad for the writers because it's just it's difficult. Mm-hmm. How do you sell this? Like the opening segment of SmackDown this week would have made a lot more sense if Miz was involved in the triple threat match um, with Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy because he's doing the exact same thing he did a month or two ago um, in lead up to WrestleMania against Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, where he's uh, pitting two baby faces together uh, against each other rather. Yeah. But instead he's not in this match. <laughs> he's facing Seth Rollins. So he didn't even bring up his match with Seth Rollins. Really? Like it, it's just so weird. And they just, it's clear they had no idea who was moving shows uh, mm. after the shakeup because they are just, Everything is just all out of whack, and it can't get fixed until backlash. Yeah, and I have a lot of epiphanies. You know, I've had a lot through the years when it comes to wrestling, and I had one. I think the day after WrestleMania this year, where uh, you know that's when they you kind of figured, okay. In my opinion, I thought the build to WrestleMania was great, Uh, one of the best in the last few years. Uh, I thought everything, every storyline going into it was, uh, if it wasn't hitting on all cylinders, it was pretty darn close to hitting on all cylinders and everything made sense. And even though it seemed to be like predictable, I thought that was good because, you know, I've always said sometimes predictability is good in wrestling because you're, you're telling stories. And if you're doing good versus evil at, at the end of the day, you want good to triumph. So, uh, you know, it, it didn't quite go down like that. And the day after WrestleMania, I kind of just came to the realization nothing's really special anymore. And I think the greatest Royal Rumble kind of proved that. And even though, like, I get excited for these events just because uh, it's something to watch and it, it's something did different. Did you watch it live? I didn't watch it live. Uh, okay. I, I didn't even watch the whole show all the way through when I did. I just kind of, you know, fast forwarded through some stuff. But I watched the whole Rumble match. Um, the whole uh, WWE title match and Universal title match. So uh, the other stuff uh, and the cruiserweight match. So uh, you know, great like good matches, but I mean, nothing seems important anymore. And is it the result of you know overexposure, oversaturation? Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it because they're doing so much. Like you said. The creative team can only do so much, and even if you have two for each, uh, like one for each show, it's still a lot to ask. And the fact that Vince McMahon constantly is rewriting everything, or you know, he's making the creative team constantly rewrite everything. You know, it's like the old WCW days where, you know, an hour before the show, no one knows what's going on, and that's not good. And uh, I think you can tell. And you brought up Randy Orton. I think that's a perfect example because. You know, he just doesn't seem to care at all about anything he does, especially when he's a babyface. He is a yeah. living embodiment of Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> His quote, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm here so I don't get fined. Yeah. Like, if Randy Orton could work Brock Lesnar's schedule, he would do that today. Yeah, and it, he would and, feel and more blame him. He's been there a ridiculous amount of time. He's just, he got in so young yeah. that it seems like he's, um, it, he doesn't, it, it's weird because he's, I think a couple of years younger than Cena, but it just, he's been there for so long and they just have nothing for him. And I think his match against Hardy would be fine, but 
they just like the selling of that match is that he will hit an RKO out of nowhere. Yes. I mean, it, it was a cool moment when he did hit Jeff on SmackDown this week, but it's still just him saying that, like, I have no problems with Jeff and just, <laughs> the lack of charisma and Jeff Hardy being like, yeah, I know. Like, we're all good here, man. And it's just, what what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, like it, it's hard to get invested. You know, it's just kind of like, well, then why are they even having this match? Like, why not just have Shelton Benjamin and Jeff Hardy again, even though they wrestled again uh, like a week or two ago? Just do it again. Like they'll have a good match, yeah. and at least it'll be like you know, a good guy versus bad guy. Shelton Benjamin's kind of got an edge to him. I don't, I'm not yeah. sure if he's full fledged heel, but at the same time, what happened to his music? Uh, why I, is he still coming out with that terrible theme? I, There's no way they don't have the "Ain't No Stopping Me" no theme somewhere. And I'm not sure why they don't use it, but. Uh, you know, maybe they think it's too much of a babyface theme. <laughs> Who knows? Is it? Uh, hey, I'm just kind of the words are I'm literally to ain't no stopping me. No, I mean, or give him the gold standard. Let's. Well, he doesn't have hair anymore. I was gonna say uh, dye his hair blonde again, and he could be a heel. But I, I was um, a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was a good ECW run when he was yeah. ECW champ and all that. Yeah. I love that. Um, Sheldon's a lot older now, and he just doesn't work the same way. Yeah. Like I remember a few weeks ago, just being completely underwhelmed mm-hmm. over his match with Nakamura. Mm-hmm. It was like ten minutes long, and it was the main event. And it had all this hype, and it was just not good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whose fault that was, but it was just a bad match. And um, I don't know. Maybe Shelton just can't do that anymore. I mean, he's old, and he just had that terrible injury that kept him off SmackDown yeah, uh, when yeah. he was originally supposed to come back. So who knows what kind of shape he's in these days? But um it's kind of sad because shelton was one of my favorites growing up yeah i I still have distinct memories oh that reminds me that was this week um did you see that uh, we came up on the anniversary of the Shawn michaels sweet chin music to shelton off the top oh group? man i totally forgot about that 13 years wow that, that was during the gold rush tournament right that was uh yeah it was because uh, was... i think that first round had yeah. um edge versus kane i think edge yeah, was yeah. at that point yep. we had shelton hbk who else was in that um man. oh man uh, triple h had to be in it at probably some point. i don't know what he was now nah, that moment oh, man i wish wow. i remembered more of this cena must have been the champ at the time yeah mm. now that that was at the I point where i i recorded like every raw and smackdown on like vhs I, <laughs> and uh i remember have they done a gold rush tournament since then uh i think they've they've had it after the fact like I think they've called it Gold Rush. I don't know if it was on SmackDown or if it was like ECW or something. I think I've heard it again, but um, definitely not maybe more than once or twice. Oh, it was Kane Christian. My mistake. It was Kane Christian, Edge Jericho, Benoit, and Triple H. I'll redact the Benoit part Uh of (laughs) post-editing. Wow. But Edge and Kane were the finals. That's why I remember Edge and Kane. Oh, that's uh, right. The finals. That's right. Yeah, mm. yeah. This is right before Batista moved to SmackDown. Okay, right. I actually thought that was a pretty good, uh, you know, month run huh. they had with, you know, Cena came over first, so I think they did like one or two lottery picks per week for a month, and then mm-hmm. you know Batista was the last pick to go over to SmackDown. And I remember they had like that tournament on SmackDown or that uh, that match for the SmackDown Championship, and I used to think that was so lame. But I'm kind of digging the fact that they're doing like Raw Tag Team Champions and Raw Women's Champion now. And with SmackDown on the other side, I kind of dig that now. But back then, I was like, that name sounds lame for each of the titles. Well, now I'm mad all over again because Christian lost to Kane in four minutes and 22 seconds. <laughs> uh, hey, 
Kristen probably needs to run for office then to get his revenge. Oh my god, I don't want to talk about Ben <laughs> Jacobs, the mayor. I'm so fed up with that nonsense, and he was. I, oh, I, I'm not going to go there. Okay. I'm not going to go there. Nope, sorry, not going to do it. For um, uh, Glenn Jacobs. Um, yeah. So I mean, I let's switch it up. Let's talk about TV this week because we've already touched on a lot of different stuff, and I have some TV thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, as all, I still will say, Miz is still the guy mm-hmm. on SmackDown. It was like he never left, and I really enjoyed that segment. Mm-hmm. Um. Montreal, they need to be going there like once every like three months. Just an yeah. outrageously great crowd. It's it's kind of smarky, but mm. it's not overwhelmingly smarky where they're just uh, like constantly booing the faces right. that they don't like. Because I mean, they did pop for uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, obviously, and those pops were just unbelievable. But they still cheered Seth Rollins. They still cheered Finn Balor. Ooh. Like it wasn't like they were over the top ridiculous. Um, love New Day. And I, I gave New Day a little bit of crap because they did have a really just boring match with Xavier Woods and Sheamus on SmackDown this week. But their backstage segment was funny. And I think we're going to get a lot of good matches between the bar and the New Day over the summer. And it was kind of weird that they were the highlight of the show and the Bludgeon Brothers and the Usos were not on the show at all. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird. And that's just like SmackDown's problem in a nutshell is you just never know who's going to show up from a week to week basis. But on Raw, you always know Braun's going to be there for one major segment. You know Roman Reigns is going to be there. You know Seth Rollins is going to be there. You know Finn Balor is going to be on television. You know, like you knew that the bar was going to be there before they went out. Yeah. Um, SmackDown, you just never know. Like Nakamura not being on would not have surprised me. Like even AJ just being gone <laughs> for yeah, a week, yeah, uh, happens sometimes. Daniel Bryan not being on the show is just bizarre. Uh, like I just at this point you need to be using him every single week because you're playing with um fool's gold at this point so I just I don't really get that line of thinking but what did you make of Big Cass's promo because it was long like he got a lot of time but he has improved I think a lot on the mic than what I remember him being a year ago and his music is still terrible but he was good I think he actually feels legitimate and I I think it worked like um, he's obviously put the work in and, um, I don't know. He, he worked, he's kind of Baron Corbin to me, but yeah, at the same yeah. time, I think it's working. I, I think part of it, and I feel the same way in, in that it, it's working because of who he is quote unquote feuding with. I'm not sure how long this will last. I don't know if it's going to be one match with Daniel Bryan at backlash and then that's it. But I do think, uh, that has a lot to do with it. He, I, he's motivated, you know, he just got back. So that's part of it. Um, you know, do I think that he would be as good if he was going against somebody else? Like, uh, I, I doubt he would be in a world title feud with AJ Styles, but, um, if, if it wasn't like a Daniel Bryan, I'm not so sure that, uh, we could see that come through the TV. You know, I, and the fact that he's doing such a good job since he got back, I think he's feeling it. I think like maybe it's like a prove it type thing because he was getting a pretty big push regardless. Uh, he was in the universal title match when they announced it on raw, like the first week after the brand split or second week. So they were always high on him. And when he turned heel, I was kind of like, I wasn't feeling it in the way I am now because I, I thought he was just going to kind of get lost in the shuffle. I didn't think they were going to have like these huge 
like a, a huge main event type push. But I mean, he's with Daniel Bryan. To me, that's a main event even without a title involved. So uh, maybe he's just motivated. Like, it, I think it's hard to be motivated today because so many things can change. Like you said on SmackDown, you never know who's going to be on TV. And it's almost like they don't even know until they show up. And then, you know, maybe well, they have that. White... We know that Ty Dillinger is not going to be on TV. I think he even knows that he's not going to be on TV. Yeah, I don't know, man. To, to, to <laughs> me, it kind of reminds me. Did you watch 205 Live, by the way? This week? This week? Yeah. No, but, I have not So Buddy Murphy killed a guy. And oh, cool. It, I love Buddy Murphy. Yeah. And uh, t- I was going to say, why not just put Ty Dillinger on there? But uh, whatever. But He's more than he, 205, right? Yeah, Isn't he like probably, a, uh, but you know, who, would anyone... I, I, I like what they're doing with Buddy Murphy on 205 Live. He looks bigger than Ty Dillinger to me. But uh, th- yeah, that's besides true. the point, but... Like this guy, I don't even remember his name. I, I was watching it. In the it was background. a jobber. I saw the yeah. result. I just haven't watched it. And he powerbombed him three times, but after the second powerbomb, he totally went limp. Or it was like his arms locked. And I, I was like, oh, well, he's knocked out. But then like his legs were crossed and he wasn't moving. And I'm like, oh my God, he's paralyzed. And, you know, I, I don't think it was, you know, that, that uh, severe. But yeah, he totally killed a guy and i was like oh my god but anyway that was 205 live if you haven't seen it uh, problem he's gonna have to deal with that himself so uh that makes you know you never know maybe ty dillinger will show up and get killed by buddy murphy at some at some point but uh you know i just with big cast in regards to big cast i think this could be his moment like they're just like here you're like in a few with Daniel Bryan is probably the second most high pro- profile feud you can have on that show right now behind AJ Styles and Nakamura, which hopefully is over by, you know, this time next week. But eh, I'm not going to assume anything anymore. The, uh, I'm going to hold my Nakamura AJ stuff. Yeah. 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 This, um, Cause I have thoughts. On yeah. This, but, ditto. Um, yeah. I just big cast like he, He's done well. I think he's been a lot better than I expected when he made his return and set his sights on Daniel Bryan. Like that segment this week went on a little too long, but for the most part, it was fine. Um, another thing I noticed in my notes, like Charlotte is so much better at backstage stuff where it comes off more genuine and it's like she's having a normal conversation. I thought she was fine in that whole Avenger stuff with her and Becky and Oscar was fine, but it's just so interesting how different she is when she's on the mic in the ring versus when she's just, uh, I don't want to say when the cameras are turned off because obviously they're still there, but it's more, I don't know how to explain it, but it just, for whatever reason, seems like she is someone who is always going to be more comfortable reading. It's almost, I don't know how to explain it, but do you see what I'm saying though? Where like she'll come out and she'll read those lines. I remember her Oscar feud. What made it so bad leading up is that, her lines just felt so hollow yeah. and it did, it didn't come off well. And she's just not a good talker and she's not good at making the creative lines sound good. They don't right. pop with her. Right. They don't feel real. They don't feel like something she would say or a human being would say. And it didn't work. But when she's backstage talking to Becky, it always works for whatever reason. So um, that main event was a lot of fun and the crowd was completely into it. And I, I liked it. I think Oscar and um, 
Charlotte and Becky all work really well together, and Becky's still the best baby face mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. um, in the women's division on both shows, which is amazing because she has been doing nothing for over a year now. Yeah, yeah. She's still great. And um, Peyton Royce, all about Peyton Royce. <laughs> Peyton Royce had the best week, and that's I, I should mention who gets she gets an honorable mention is Ruby Riot because she looked great. Her kicks are fantastic. Mm. Her match with Sasha, I think, got kind of forgotten about this week because there was a lot going on, especially that show that featured that amazing Finn Balor, Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah. But I will say, Ruby Riot, she had this cannonball um, senton that she hit on Sasha late in the match. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. She's really It good. was perfectly placed, too. I, I, like, I rewound it, and I know they, re- they replayed it, you know, after, but I was like, oh, my God, like, you just don't see that. You know, even in women's matches, even in men's matches, you don't like always see that. And I just thought it was kind of a neat thing. And uh, the way the commentators reacted to it, it it seemed genuine coming from them. You want like you mentioned Charlotte Flair, the commentators never sound genuine about anything. And like that at that point, like I was they they definitely sounded genuine. And when they sound legitimate, it makes me more invested into what I'm watching. Yeah. What did you make of Roman Reigns' opening promo? Because I thought it was terrible. I didn't understand it. Like, his character is still one of the dumbest characters in professional wrestling. But him complaining, and what he was complaining about is still incredibly stupid. And the crowd popped for a a very good reason, because um, Samoa Joe came out, (laughs) or appeared on the screen. Yeah, I was wondering uh, what that was, and then like a split second later, he saw him. Samoa Joe is fantastic yep. and him being the thorn in Roman Reigns side and just enjoying every failed moment for Roman Reigns is yeah. fantastic, but it's not helping Roman Reigns uh, uh, at all. It's uh, interesting in that regard, but Reigns complaining about the officials. That's not, I wrote about this too, of like, if you want to get this guy over as a baby face, don't start raw by having him come out and complain and say that he deserves the title and he should be the champion right now. And then him complaining about Brock Lesnar not being there again. And just all of that. It sucks. I, and I just, I want to like Roman Reigns. He is a very good wrestler. I enjoy his matches, but his character, it's amazing how little they understand why this character does not work for the broad audience. It's very simple. And there are things that can be remedied, but I, I don't even know if they really can after this many years of this character just getting progressively more unlikable. But um, really dumb. And I don't. I was shocked because last week I predicted that Reigns would beat Lesnar, and it made sense of like doing this like big event in Saudi Arabia and him defeating Lesnar and that being his big moment because you know there would have been mostly cheers in Saudi Arabia and everything else that it would have come off a lot better. But they didn't do it. And now I went through the next couple of months of like, if Lesnar's not going to be around, you know that he's going to break the record next month. Um, Cause they definitely want to wipe that away from CM Punk. <laughs> and uh, I think it's June 8th or something is what he has to make it to June 8th or June 5th, something like that. And if he gets there, which now is definitely going to happen because they are going to have him break Punk's record. Mm. And then what? Because SummerSlam is at his next time, but like, He's not going to get another title match uh, with Brock Lesnar until at least SummerSlam. And I, I don't really know if that's even feasible at this point. Like, do you really do this one more time? Like, I just, you can't keep drawing this out. And 
adding the bad referee angle into this was just weird and not a great week for referees as a whole. Like for whatever reason, no managers got thrown out, like just absolute bad refereeing across the board. (laughs) Um, not just Chad Patton, shout out to Chad Patton, but, uh, I think it was the riot squad were doing all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and the referee kept calling him out on it, but never threw him out (laughs) from ringside. It was just really (laughs) stupid there. But, uh, a lot of stuff happened this week that was just really weird. But what did you make of the Roman Reigns promo and his real his just loss to Lesnar under um just uh, I don't even know how to like goofy <laughs> circumstances. I think goofy is the best way to describe it of his foot hitting the floor yeah. or, or whatever. I I don't know. Yeah, that's a good word. Uh you know, I didn't think he was going to beat Lesnar at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Okay. A- after WrestleMania and they didn't pull the trigger on that. And I'm like, all right, like maybe I had another epiphany the same day of the, uh, my previous one where I was like, if they didn't use that moment to just take the title off Lesnar and give it to reigns, I, I don't see it happening. I just don't, I think Lesnar loses it to somebody else. And if they want reigns champion reigns will beat somebody else for it. Uh, so when I did my predictions on the, the straight shooters with, uh, you know, Reigns losing again, and it, the ending didn't surprise me. I was kind of surprised by um, the whole angle they did with the steel cage, but I think they kind of backed into it where um, maybe they wanted just to close the story on that, but the way everything, you know, happened and they're like, okay, we can't ignore the obvious of, you know, Reigns' feet technically hitting first. So they made mention, he made mention of that, that like he was going to be back for the universal title, but like, why not? Like, why gloss over it? Like you, it's the universal championship. It's the most important championship besides the women's championship on that brand. Why wouldn't you just say, hold the show hostage or something and say, I'm not going anywhere until Brock comes out here. Like until Vince comes out here and gives me a title rematch or something like that. He's just like, I'll get my rematch down the road. Like speaking um, of that, that's what made that opening segment. So weird to me is that Jinder Mahal, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were all fighting (laughs) for an opportunity to face Roman Reigns. And I yeah. didn't get that because he's not the champion. Right. Why do you want to face Roman Reigns? He's the guy who just lost Lesnar. Why are they not? Yeah, did they like, not even? We want Brock Lesnar here. We want to face him. That made, would have made more sense to me. And by the way, for anyone unsure of whether or not we're getting Jinder Mahal and Brock Lesnar a main event of a pay per view this year, it's happening. Mm-hmm. The commentators go back to watch Raw a little bit this week. There is a moment where Michael Cole and Corey Graves talk up Jinder Mahal to an unbelievable degree. <laughs> about his year on SmackDown, his WWE title run, everything, and how great he looks and how much he's improved. That is Vince 101. That is Vince in their ear. Mm-hmm. We're getting Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title at some point. And I think we can close the book on Roman Reigns defeating Brock Lesnar anytime soon. And I don't think they have a good choice to eventually beat him. I don't know who the other guy is. It's not Braun. Braun already lost. Braun yeah. lost at no mercy last year. And it was a terrible match. Yeah. People need to go back it and watch that. It, it was not good. good. I don't want to see Braun and Lesnar again. No interest in that at all. I like Braun. Don't want to see that ever again. I'm good. Don't need to see it. Um, I don't know who the right answer is because Braun is their biggest babyface. 
I don't know who else they can turn yeah. to because Finn Balor is not even close to being in that role. And Seth Rollins is doing his own thing. Is it Ambrose? Uh, and we saw Ambrose and Lesnar yeah. at WrestleMania. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> who is it? I don't know yeah. who the right answer is. They have backed themselves into a corner with this Lesnar stuff. And it's not like I was dying to see a Roman Reigns universal title reign. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wanted to get this over with. And but at this end, you could get some really good feuds out of it. I think I would love to have pay per views headlined by like Roman Reigns feuds with Rollins, any feuds with uh, Ambrose or Balor or whoever Braun. Like there are other options to do. I just I, I don't get it. I think uh, you know, in my opinion, you said the guy who I believe will uh, rub with the title and beat Brock at, at some point, and I think it's Seth Rollins. I think that okay. he's got to be the guy. If you're not going to give Reigns that, no pun intended, reign, then you know the way they've been with Seth Rollins, the way they've built him since you know before WrestleMania, and like that whole, it all started with the gauntlet match for me. Because uh, when he, he was just kind of toiling away, and then the shield happened, and then Ambrose got hurt, and then he was just kind of with Jason Jordan. But you know the gauntlet match, that's what, I think made his year and and you you ride that like he's the best worker on that brand. He can work a main event style. He can work like a a Brock Lesnar style. I think Uh, you give him the chance. We haven't seen that. You know, we haven't seen Rollins versus Lesnar. So, well, one on one for months. Like remember it was him and Balor were like the rumored fall title matches opponents for Lesnar. It didn't happen. Um, I would be interested in McIntyre Lesnar. McIntyre I mean, is yeah, gigantic now. He's jacked. Yes. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like to see those two stand next to each other. I think Lashley's not even anywhere close to being over enough to do that. Um, he is not working out that well. I mean, he's been fine, but yeah, he's not exactly. He's kind of waiting. Showing. You know, he's waiting for a story, and who knows when yeah, that'll it's come. It's not coming. <laughs> you know who'd be my pick to beat him? Who Lesnar? And I think it's yeah Lesnar. You ready? It's Kevin Owens. Ooh. You have Sami Zayn do yeah. some schmozzy stuff, attack Lesnar from behind, do something that has that gives Owen the opportunity to win under ridiculous circumstances. Mm. I, I think Owens is the guy. I mean, he's the best. Is he not the best talker in the day right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Owens. I mean, uh, him and Zayn. Absolutely I think are. it's those two, right? Yep. Like, they are raw. Like, they care. They're Sammy and Kevin show this week. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah like, that was everything great. Everything they do is good. They are great in the ring. The crowd's all about them. You know that you can hand either of them the mic and they're going to deliver. You know you can put either of them in the ring with anybody and they're going to deliver. Like, I think Kevin Owens is the answer to beat Brock Lesnar. Not in like a one on one, a clean as a sheet finish, but. If you want to find a way to get the title off Lesnar, I think you can find an interesting way with um, Owens, but we'll yeah. see. Uh, and part of me wanting them to give Rollins that opportunity is I think it would make uh, a, a great way to finally turn Reigns heel. And do I think it's going to happen? No. Like I, I thought for the longest time they were going to do it with Cena and they stuck to their guns and they did not turn Cena heel. So I don't expect them to do it Reigns, but I think a great story would be Rollins beating Lesnar and then kind of giving Reigns, you know, some flack for not being able to do the job when he did. And then Reigns finally gets tired of it and turns on him and what with Rollins as the face and 
that would be a SummerSlam main event or something like that. Like, I, I just want to see Rollins and Reigns have a, like a legit feud. I think that and would then be Ambrose awesome. Comes back and he jumps. Out. <laughs> Special ref. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I just um, would love to see that because I think that would make Reigns watchable. I think his promos would be good. Uh, they wouldn't be forced, and he he it would. I think the story makes itself. Honestly, you're not ma- you're not really manufacturing anything. You can you can go back to 2012 when they debuted, and you, you have like you know six years worth of storylines that you or angles that you can like just bring up or you know just put plug in. And I just think that works. That's fair. Um, can someone please be partners with the Misturage? Because they're fantastic. <laughs> oh man, they they are they're great. You know, like, I, I thought they were gonna go back to you know what they were where does before the story the Miz, end? But, I don't know where it ends. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it because uh the fact that we're talking about them right now and the fact that the creative team hasn't totally forgotten about them and they're at least including them and to try to find you know more people to partner with, like I think that's fantastic and can we not get a the leaders of worlds feud versus the Mizraj? I think that'd actually be really fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the authors of pain are not over. I don't want to throw them into that. They just don't really have anything going for them right now. And I like them as a whole, but it just uh, they're a ways away. Yeah, from, uh, belonging in the title picture. And then you have Fashion Police, who, by the way, um, if you don't read main event spoilers, you would not be aware that the Fashion Police. <laughs> defeated the revival oh, on main event. so the revival is done oh boy they're cooked um <laughs> not great so i don't really know who else makes sense really i mean the ascension of course oh, I yeah. forget the ascension and then uh dolph ziggler and drew mcintyre yes. who have the best tag team finisher in professional wrestling i think right now i love the claymore into the zigzag mm, mm, it's not bad not bad uh i think this whole st- it's fantastic <laughs> it, it's good it's good. And I think the fact that, I mean, you made a good point about the authors are paying like after the superstar shakeup, we're just kind of like in a holding pattern. And I think backlash kind of is the reason for that. And I think we're really going to start seeing pushes and more, you know, character development after the pay-per-view, which it isn't really fair to them, but uh, you know, it's been like, you know, weeks now and, uh, t- you mentioned it earlier. TV is kind of just, eh. and you had WrestleMania, which was kind of w- w- underwhelming, you know, f- in my opinion. And then the Greatest Royal Rumble, which was b- basically a glorified house show. You, ch- you loaded it up, but what happened? Like nothing happened. <laughs> so here's the plan for Authors of Pain to get them over. You can throw them in a few post backlash with Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. <sighs> Yeah, I just don't want to see that. Get them tag meet team. some way. I don't want to. See I don't that either. Team. But the only way you're going to get authors of pain over at this point is they got to attack a top babyface, and if they attack Braun, yes. that's the best way I think they can garner interest. Because if they start feuding with Titus Worldwide or, <laughs> um, I don't even know the Ascension, something like that. It's yeah. it's uh, dead on arrival, and I just don't think they're ready for uh, the leaders of the world. I think that needs to go a different route for the time being. Um, did you have any more, uh, TV thoughts this week? Nah, like Pete Dunn was awesome. I love Pete Dunn versus Roderick Strong on. NXT. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the forgotten show. It always is. You know, I, I did catch it last night and 
generally I catch up with NXT uh, over the weekend at some point, but I saw that that was the match, you know, last night, the main event, and that was it. That was it for me. And, uh, you know, anything Pete Dunne does uh, is, I, I honestly think he's the best wrestler in WWE right now because even last year, his matches with. Wait, did you say best wrestler in the WWE right yes. now? Yes. Oh, no. Yes, I did. I love Pete Dunne, but no. No, 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 no. I, no, 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 no. I find myself watching his matches and going, holy, you know what? Way more than I do anyone else. So to me, well, Ricochet is now employed. Yes, and so there's he's no, there. I mean, AJ Styles track is record? still around. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't make me go, "Oh my god." <laughs> Who doesn't? AJ Styles. AJ. Yeah, he he's so good that I'm just so used to it. You know what I mean? Like Pete Dunne, I'm not, I'm not totally like my first view of him was at the UK tournament. You know, last year in January, so I'm still getting to know him a little bit. Wait, I think Dana Bryan should still be technically now that he's healthy again, is the best wrestler in the company. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there yet. It's been three. I years, mean, I'm saying but... he's healthy. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it just there's never been. I don't know. Like Daniel Bryan, he's just must see TV, and whenever I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's tough, man. That, that's a good. I mean, topic. Pete Dunne's up there. <laughs> But oh, Alistair Black. I, oh, I love the psychology actually, he shows in the ring, and I'm like yes. huge on psychology. Uh, oh, for sure. And you know the way Pete Dunne does what he does in the ring, and like his match with Tyler Bate at NXT a few months ago for the UK title. I to me that was the match of 2017. You know that that was the best match of the year, and uh, you know maybe I'm biased, but. Uh, anything Pete Dunne Wait, didn't does. Velveteen Dream and Aleister Black take place in 2017? Uh, oh, that was at the Royal Rumble, I think. Was it Royal Rumble? I believe okay. so, yeah. Because that was my favorite match of the last... That match, oh my god. That was great. Velveteen Dream is so good, and Aleister Black is yep. fantastic. Yep. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. That's another holding pattern thing of just Andrade Cien Almas and yeah. Sandy just yeah. waiting in the wings because they have... But where are they going to fit them in to SmackDown? There's no room. I mean, Who's getting cut? Yeah, I mean, I guess they're not taking Randy Orton off <laughs> of him just kind of... Jeff kinda... Hardy's now there, and Jeff Hardy is a big name. and He, he is. is. He still can work. Like, he's in great shape, and we I was harping on them a little bit, but him and Orton are in very good shape right now, and I wish they would find something good for them because they can do something fun. Yeah. Um, I'm a little worried that Almas is going to be treated as a babyface to start. And they're not going to play off the NXT run. I, seeing the report of like Vince and company seeing him as the top um, babyface on SmackDown yeah. at some point scares me. Yeah, because I don't think that works. And part of the appeal with him now is that he's the cocky uh, heel who can actually back it up and doesn't cheat to win with it by himself. Mm-hmm. It's more of his manager who's amazing. Zelina Vega is fantastic, but I, I don't like that idea. <laughs> at all yeah i hope that's not the case but i don't know who he feuds with who makes sense for him does he immediately go into a program with aj if aj beats um shinsuke at backlash who i don't think should beat shinsuke at backlash i'm going uh, spoiling one of my thoughts there but, i was um my choice probably randy orton why not okay huh hmm. unless you know he goes after the mid-card Jeff Hardy title, wouldn't Jeff. Be bad. yeah like him 
I, don't I just know. don't I don't want know him as a right baby face. It's too Bobby. Daniel Root, Bryan? Bobby, no, uh, Almas. It's just too Bobby Roodish for me. Speaking of Bobby Roode, I wrote down in my notes this week. That was a weird segment of his like uh, inability to breathe for the majority of that match, and that's the post angle they ran. Oh with that. I, didn't really, I don't know where they're going. And they with any they showed the odd. replay, and it didn't even come close. And he clearly to his missed. Neck. And they yeah, even no. said that they're like, well. You know, you could see that it didn't go directly on his neck, but the impact was still there. It's like, oh, you can't even explain it well. Like, there are things in wrestling that you can explain, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh my god! But we can't did explain get a post match celebration where Elias walked over to the uh, um, yeah. announcer's desk, <laughs> yeah. declared himself the winner, which was fantastic. Was I love Elias. Yes, he's he's, he's great. A, he... um, but I wrote down my notes. I was like, I can see these two as a tag team. <laughs> ah. uh, I honestly think Elias will be like a tag team guy, like a top tag team guy. I'm not sure. Can you see that though? Him and Rude working well as a heel tag team. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying they could be beer money, but I'm not saying that it didn't make me think of beer money <laughs> watching those two work together. No, that's you know you're you might be onto something, but I think that crowd will get too behind them to where uh, WWE can't. They can never sustain a heel, you know, like. They're like, oh, well, this mm-hmm. guy's getting cheered too much, with the exception of Roman Reigns. Uh, this guy's getting cheered too much, so we can't keep him heel. Uh, you know, like, we got to turn him babyface. And then, then you have, like, no good heels. You know, they Samoa Joe might be the, the best heel on the roster by a long shot. Well, that's how it's a good, that's how you know you had a good heel, is a heel that's so good at being a heel yeah. that you can turn them babyface. Yeah. Like, Alexa Bliss is at that territory. Moment of Bliss, by the way, fantastic every week yes. i want that yep. every week on my television for the next six years because <laughs> it is fantastic she has a line in there i'm gonna read a direct quote here <laughs> it's a cup you just sit in a cup and it, you have to watch the segment it's so good <laughs> she's talking about like going on disney rides and you can tell it's genuine because if you know anything about alexa bliss is that she's obsessed with like disney stuff <laughs> And just the idea of her turning this all against Nia is fantastic. And I hope she wins because um, Nia Jax is a bully. And then <laughs> I find it pretty rude that she has made Alexa Bliss's life a living hell because Alexa Bliss deserves better. <laughs> oh, man. Kool-Aid is flowing. Nia Jax and Peyton Royce, superstars. <laughs> no. They are the superstars of both shows. Like They are the money people like uh, just give them all the money give them all the feuds give them all the titles alexa bliss and peyton royce are by far the superstars in this company and will be for the next like 10 years they're both super young like peyton yeah, royce yeah we, we people forget she can actually work like alexa mm-hmm. bliss is fine in the ring but her bread and butter is on the mic mm-hmm. peyton royce has the facial expressions she has the mic work she has the look but she also can work yeah. like her in-ring psychology in that match this week was fantastic in the way she was moving around. Yep. Um, just great. And we saw in the Fatal 4-Way for the NXT Women's title uh, a few months ago at NXT TakeOver, she was great. She was by herself. She was in the ring. I think it was Asuka and like Nikki Cross and someone else. I could I don't remember who else was in the Fatal 4-Way, but Ember. it was really good. Maybe, Maybe. it was Ember Moon. Yeah. Happy Ember Moon. But uh, she can go. And... Uh, I'm excited because they're both super young and they'll be around a long time, hopefully. Yeah, and uh, I, in my opinion, Charlotte is the gold standard. The, like that's their strong th- disagree. Th- really, you have to be able to talk to be well, the gold standard. 
and the way they're speak. portraying her, I should say. They, I would agree, yes. She it's is, gonna be Rousey versus Charlotte yeah, after WrestleMania. Yeah, she, That's happening. I, I think she is this era, like maybe this 2018's women's version of Hulk Hogan was in the 80s to Vince McMahon. Uh, that's why I think they had her beat Asuka. I, I, I wasn't happy about Which that. Which I think was the right choice. Really? Because that was the best match of the night. I thought it's kind of like it, it freed them up because those kind of streaks are difficult. We're seeing that yeah. with Lesnar. Yeah. Where it's like you just kind of get tired of it and you only have so many options and just knowing that you have to keep this one person getting victory after victory, it's just it's difficult to book. And I get it. I understand why they did it. And it was fine because Charlotte, I think, deserved the rub because she was fantastic in that match. And my issues with Charlotte have nothing to do with her in-ring work. She is a fantastic worker. And her moonsault is incredible. Like, she's just great. I think that's why she can't be a face. She's still just terrible on the mic. She just can't be a face. No, she's just not a natural face. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, I thought Asuka versus Rousey with Asuka undefeated in in a year would have been the way they were going, but after Charlotte beat her, I was like, okay, I, that's that's what they're doing, Charlotte versus Rousey, and I think that's the biggest match they can do. And uh, you know, oh, actually, disagree. I have a better one for you. Ooh, shoot it, Peyton Royce versus Alexa Bliss. <laughs> <laughs> I should have seen that coming. Uh, <laughs> you should have. <laughs> but hey, it might happen. Who who would be the one baby day. face? I can in that dream. One? Uh, they're both baby faces because they're both <laughs> heroes. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'd like to see that play out. One day. We'll get it. One day. We'll get it. Um, all right. Uh, can I? I think we've already gone through. I don't know if I have any more Peyton Royce. To, uh, I don't know. I, I think I've gone through everything Peyton Royce that I wanted to say. Um, good name, too. Good wrestling name. It is a good wrestling yeah. name. Billy Kay is fine, too. I yeah. don't want to like diminish what she does. She's just not the star of that group. She's the Marty <laughs> Gennetti. Like, that's just... Unfortunately, that's where she is. She's but, she's um, the first eye, and uh, you know, like the one that's kind of away from everything. And Peyton Royce is the second eye in Iconics. Should we pour one out for Absolution? No, no, that, that okay. just never. Uh, even with Paige wrestling, uh, I never like. I like. I liked the concept. I liked the concept. I just didn't think it delivered the way it could have. And I don't blame them at all. I just poor writing. Yeah. Poor writing is more so the culprit, I think, than it isn't. So with them, I just didn't think it, it hit on all cylinders. Well, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, I think, are both like future stars. Yeah, like Sonya Deville is really, really talented, and Mandy Rose, I think, is a lot better than people give her credit for. And I could just see her getting bigger and bigger. As time goes on, it's just going to be a slow build for her because I'm not sure if she's there entering like everybody else is, but um, she's good. She has good facial reactions. I think she's... I, I, I've i been impressed. I think she'll be okay. And I think it'll be good that they move on from Paige, but mm-hmm. these backstage Paige promos have got to stop. She'll get better, I, I hope. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I love that they're keeping her around. I love that she's in that role. Uh, do you i do i, mean, I guess it's better I really than jeff do. jarrett i guess it's better than jeff jarrett who was my pick to be the next smackdown gym once you saw him backstage and just with eric young and all these different guys yeah i mean on smackdown now i was like oh my god it's gonna be jeff jarrett he was just inducted in the hall of fame it's gonna be jarrett it might it might um, he might be on raw who knows well kurt angle last as gm well kurt angle has been a terrible general manager like, <laughs> i agree he's been the I billy agree. king of general manager since um <laughs> 
returning to the WWE, so that's been a problem. Also, how is John Cena still a free agent? <sighs> how is the number one draw in the company not signed to like they don't want to fire Page and um Kurt Angle? Why are the McMahons not being like? Why have we not offered this guy enough money to get him to sign at least a one year deal? Do a LeBron contract one year, and he has a <laughs> player option after the year. That's another thing I've talked about this in this podcast. They don't understand what a free agent is. A free agent doesn't mean you get to appear on both shows. Right. That's not how that works. That's a two way contract. That's where you get to work. like. That's not the same thing. Those players still have contracts to show up. You have to have some sort of contract. But a free agent means he should not be on any show. That's how that works. Yeah, yeah. They they make their own rules though. So. Maybe a free agent means he can appear on, on NXT. You know? But that's not what free agents are. <laughs> you would have to have a contract to be on NXT. That's not what free agency works. If you were an NBA free agent, you don't get just to show up on any team you want in the playoffs and be like, I, uh, I'm i here. Well, has anyone like, tried before? Okay. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying, Road Dog, Triple H, Vince, call me before you make these sports references <laughs> that you clearly do not understand. <laughs> oh my god all right that's the end of my free agent rant but if i see free agent john cena one more time i might throw my laptop across the room because i, I can't handle it um <laughs> i'm fired is up, he man. he's not even uh, on backlash is he uh i don't no. think so no well he could be because he's a free agent so oh, he can be on any true. show he wants that's true yeah he could be on 205 live next week uh <laughs> With Buddy Murphy. This Sunday is Backlash. And I don't know if you heard this or not, Nick, but it's a co-branded pay-per-view. Oh. Does it that is. mean that um, that doesn't mean that it's either Raw or SmackDown? It's both of them, correct? It does, yes. So like WrestleMania, but on a smaller scale. Okay. Not And not quite as long, potentially. Thank God. We'll yeah. But the good news is we're going to get like eight title matches every pay-per-view. Sweet. And... That should be great. Um, really excited for that. But uh, this Sunday, Backlash, I'm just glad we're getting it over with because a lot of these matches just feel inevitable. Like we just, I guess the Samoa Joe Roman Reigns is the most intriguing for me because I don't know where they go. I could see Samoa Joe winning and I could see Roman Reigns winning. But where do you see that one going? Are you excited for that one? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the main event. Uh, even though so you think that's going on last, I, I do. You know, it's Roman Reigns. You know, he's. I, I mean, I, I, if it was me, I wouldn't book it that way. But I just have that feeling. But what would you have going last? Probably the WWE title match with Styles and Nakamura. So. I would agree, and uh, I would be I would be happy to be wrong on that if Reigns and Joe don't does not main event. But <laughs> you know, Joe's already hinted that he's going after Styles and the title. Um, even though, I mean, this pick might be predicated on what happens in the title match, but I do think Joe's going to win. But it'd be a milder pick for the title match, I'll say for that, and I'll kind of explain uh, why I picked Joe. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, you got he's back, you know, from injury. You got to give him that big win. You, you have to. And I know Reigns just lost twice to Lesnar, technically, but... Eh, and I don't know if you know wins and losses don't matter to WWE. So no, they matter. They just pretend they don't matter. I mean, they matter. To, I I agree with that. They matter. Kurt Hawkins but... definitely <laughs> they matter. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I I just think you got to give Joe this this win over Reigns. 
so I'm going with Joe. I don't think Joe's winning. <laughs> I would be absolutely floored if Joe wins. And I think it's just going to lead to a very angry Samoa Joe promo on Tuesday where he like either attacks AJ or does something along those lines. <laughs> and um, AJ maybe taunts Samoa Joe about losing and saying he didn't back it up because that's, I think, where they're going is that Samoa Joe is laughing at the failure of Roman Reigns saying he was going to beat Brock Lesnar and then he was a failure and didn't do it. So I think the payoff to this is Roman Reigns defeating Samoa Joe and now Samoa Joe has to deal with um, the fallout of saying that he's going to beat Roman Reigns and uh, not fulfilling his destiny. So I, I don't think Samoa Joe is winning this match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either way, but Joe's my guy. I got to go with him. I mean, he's been great on the mic. It's yeah. been fantastic uh, what he's been able to put together in the last couple weeks. Um, Carmella, so she had the great segment, too, on SmackDown this week where she moonwalked backwards and Peyton Royce um, just being like, oh, she's coming back. It's it great. <laughs> Little things like that are the reason I still yeah, trust yeah. Of Peyton Royce just being un- amazed that Carmella was just moonwalking back into the picture. Um, <laughs> do you think Charlotte gets the title back here? I do. Because the only way I think she doesn't is if the Iconics get involved. Yeah. Yeah, and that's which is a possibility. It absolutely is, and the reason why is I think that Charlotte kind of gets her revenge here. Like Carmella didn't beat her fairly. Uh, I had mentioned earlier, Charlotte is their their woman right now, especially on the SmackDown brand. Like she's the best, and why not add another title reign to her? You know, already growing. She's already number. had thirteen. Yeah. For, oh really? Jeez. I have no. It seems like that. She's had a lot. Yeah, I agree. And to me, that just kind of. I don't think they're. And they would be wrong if they just wanted her to follow in Ric Flair's footsteps and with all the title reigns. But you know, she's been a champion for a long time before, and she's had great matches on big stages. I, I think this is just kind of like going to be one of those token wins that gets her title count up a little bit. Maybe Carmella beats her down the road, maybe next month or maybe on SmackDown again by unfair means to become champion again. I, Cause I do think they're going to give Carmella a run just to see how she is. But to me, this, this match, especially against Charlotte, it just kind of screams at me like, Hey, we're going to give Charlotte another title reign, regardless if it lasts a week, a month or a year. I don't know what they do here because I don't know who Carmella feuds with after this if they have her go over because I mean Becky would be, would be next in line or yeah. Asuka like but I don't know if that's where they're gonna go like it doesn't seem like a big enough storyline for them to just transition from Charlotte to Becky or right, Asuka but right. there's no one else like there's Naomi but she's like in the Usos uh, Bludgeon Brothers feud now yeah. Lana is now paired up with Rusev again. Yeah. Like, I don't really know who she feuds with. So I, it makes more sense to put the belt back on Charlotte and then to have her put over uh, Peyton Royce at SummerSlam and crown her as the yeah. real top dog <laughs> on SmackDown Live. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Carmella wins by a schmozzy, shout out to David Shoemaker, finish. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just think it'd be weird for her to lose the title this early, but I also think they're kind of in a weird spot after this because I don't really think there are good options for Carmella post backlash. I don't really know what they're going to do. Yeah. And to me, if you have that many question marks 
for Carmella, why even go that route when, you know, to me, it would almost demean the women's title on that brand if you just have nothing good for her and you just you don't have her, you know, in good matches or in, in these these promos or these segments that you know they're not, they're just not as good as they can be with Charlotte. So can I read the baby faces on SmackDown Live? Yes. Yes. Nikki Bella. Oh. Naomi. <laughs> Charlotte Flair, Asuka, and Becky Lynch. Oh, man. So, no Nikki Bella. Naomi's not involved in any of this. Um, Carmella, I mean, uh, Charlotte's already in this feud. And then Becky and Asuka have already been kind of side parts to this feud. Well, so, And it seems like Becky and Asuka are positioning themselves to feud with the Iconics for the next month or two. Uh, so, I just means- don't know if this is going to last a while. I think I think we're going to get... A weird finish, and then we're going to get another month or two of this feud. But it would make more sense to put it on Charlotte and then have her feud with either the Iconics or Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are sitting there now. Um, Peyton Royce, if you want to try with Lana again, who knows? But like, there are options. Or you could just turn Asuka heel. I mean, there are other things yeah. you could do. Yeah. And, but. And even if they don't, say Carmella wins. Uh, Oscar could be next to the line. Oscar wins the title because she's got to win the title soon, right? Like, she, uh, I don't think so. Why would you have her? I don't know. I, I guess because she didn't win the Raw Women's Championship yet. So to me, it's just kind of why wouldn't you give her a title reign on at least one of the shows uh, and then have Charlotte come back and beat her again for the title down the road, maybe a SummerSlam or something, if Carmella were to win this Sunday. Maybe that's it's kind of a bummer. Nikki Cross isn't involved in any of this. Yes, that's because that would very, be nice. Very confusing to me. But why? I get why they didn't do it because I'm, it's pretty thin now. The yeah. women's division on NXT yeah. is Baszler, Larray, Belair. I mean, Lacey Evans is now there. Yeah. Kyrie Sane, yeah. Dakota Kai is healthy, so she's there. Um, wait, was it Kai who was injured for a while, or is it like the other her like friend? I get them confused, but um. It's a very limited roster now. They they've been pillaged yeah. by uh, SmackDown and Raw. So I understand why they kept Nikki Cross down, but uh-huh. at the same time, it's going to be weird her not being involved in all. Yeah, that. I think SmackDown could have really used. Yeah, them. I totally agree with that. Um, other NXT stuff. I mean NXT uh, backlash <laughs> stuff. How do you think Brian and Big Cass goes? Because I think Big Cass is should be the overwhelming favorite here. Ah, uh, you know. In the beginning, this has Vince all over it. Yes, Vince yes, is gonna have Big Cass beat Daniel Bryan. I, He's been dying for this for a year and a half. Yeah, that's who I okay. picked. I think Big Cass is gonna win because you you come back from the injury he did, and you're going with the story that you know uh, all people care more about Daniel Bryan coming back after three years than me and the big guy versus the small guy. Um, everyone's gonna be on Daniel Bryan's side. So I I get that Big Cass gets the rub here by be, just being in a program with Daniel Bryan, but you know, he, he needs a signature win somewhere and I, I don't think he has it yet. And uh beating Daniel Bryan and I don't think Daniel Bryan loses anything by losing to Big Cass because you know Daniel Bryan's gonna be a main story on SmackDown every week. Every paper. I don't think that's true. I wow, really. You don't he wasn't even on this week. I don't think he's going to be treated as a top guy. I think he's just going to be like a 
Brock Lesnar, Undertaker type, John Cena type at this point, Randy Orton type, where I don't think he's going to really be in the world title feud. I don't think we're going to see Daniel Bryan ever win the world title again in the company. Um, I think he's just going to work big matches. And uh, I don't know. I think he is uh, not positioned to be the top guy on SmackDown. I, I don't. I th- is that a hot take? I'm not sure because I... Okay. Th- and by the way, we should clarify that Big Cass is not the favorite in that match against Daniel yeah, Bryan right the ones, that Who would you guess me. is the biggest betting odds in their favor? Nakamura. Uh, no, but he is favorite. Hmm. It's Nia Jax. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It makes sense. Actually, yeah. It's wrong and reprehensible <laughs> that a bully... <laughs> uh, well... Doesn't it's surprise not me just because Alexa had a great run. I would I would have loved to see her go to SmackDown. Honestly, again, like I know she she was there first and then came to Raw, but um, well, I want her and Peyton Royce on different shows because I need okay. them to dominate well, their own shows. That makes sense. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that the whole Daniel Bryan thing. I, I think he needs to prove himself again. Like he wasn't reliable because he was so injury prone, and that really I'm not trying to point pin the blame on him like it's the style it's what he's always done like it's really not his fault like he he just had that style that i'm not saying reckless but he put himself in positions where it was easy to get hurt and he had that neck injury after he won the world heavyweight title so he had surgery on that and then he came back a year later won the intercontinental title and then had you know the concussion issues so he has to just prove that he's reliable that he's going to be able to be there uh yeah, as more than an Undertaker, as more than a Brock Lesnar, because I do think they can use him as being a top guy. If he wants to be there, he's not a John Cena. He doesn't have all these outside projects going on. Like they can use him every week. Not saying they'll move him to Raw and make him like the top guy there, but uh, you know he could be an AJ Styles on on SmackDown and with the run with the title. I think he's got to give them maybe like four or five months, maybe six to where he's reliable. He's not getting hurt. And he proves to them, Hey, like I'm the top guy. Keep, give me a title run. So I don't think he's going to be in that, that upper echelon yet. And I think there's a good reason for that. I don't think he should, he should have just been pushed right to the top. But I, I do think the way they talk about him, the way, maybe not so much this past week, but I, I you know, he is a big, he's an important guy. He's still got that feud with Miz. And but I, I think he's got to go through that before he moves up into the main event. Main event. It's fair. Nakamura has to win, right? I agree. I'm going with him. You need to move on from Nakamura if he doesn't win here. He lost to General Mahal last year. He is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this stuff has been good. Like, I made jokes about the low blow stuff, but his new theme song. Everything is more interesting about Nakamura now. Mm-hmm. I am here for a heel Nakamura title run. Like it's just he has been on fire since he made the turn. AJ is great and he I, I love AJ Styles, but like I think this is where you actually have him drop the title. And I think there's more interesting feuds for Nakamura um as champion than with AJ at this point. I think you have Nakamura with Orton, Jeff Hardy, all these other guys. Um, but I will say Jeff Hardy's only allowed back in the world title pictures if he brings back the No More Words theme song, which 
I'm pretty sure he has the rights to too. So that'd be cool. That is a that is another one that is in my requirement. But um, yeah, I uh, I just I think you have to. I think everything is building up for this story for Nakamura to win the title because he made the change. He tried to do it as a babyface. He lost fair and square as a babyface. It didn't work, but now he made the turn and it resulted in him getting what he wanted, which was the world title. Yeah, and you totally you, you risk his entire character and entire persona if you don't give him a run right now with the title. Even if it's, you know, a few months, like it's if you don't do this, if you don't pull the trigger on a Nakamura title run, then everyone's losing faith in him. Like yeah. Even as a babyface, like if they turn him back, like no one's going to be on the Nakamura ride anymore, and that's that's damaging to him. And I don't see why, you know, you he would lose to Jinder Mahal of all people, who had maybe the worst run as champion, and as long as I can remember, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it just never hit. It just never hit. And I, ever since then, I felt bad for Nakamura, but. Um, you know, this is good. I, AJ is the safe champion. He's been champion since November. It's time for something else at this point. Yeah, and then he can feud with the babyface uh, Andrade Cien Almas, which should be great. That'll be interesting. I, I would be here for that. Even though I like love Almas as a heel, but yeah, I just I don't I I have my doubts about him as a face. But I mean, you have other options. Maybe bring back Mysterio, like New Day. Are sitting there like i think yeah. you could in, yeah. like insert either kofi or biggie into the world title feud um that i don't know i just feel like there's a, a lot point. more that's a great point they would be i don't want to say stupid but maybe short-sighted if they did not explore that opportunity to do that with these guys and you know get kind of get them out of the tag pitcher for a little bit even if you know they they send it back to the tag pitcher later on like i would love to see that yeah, and I think the what I would do is I would have Nakamura go over, and then I would have AJ and the club start a summer-long program with Sanity. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's a way to get Sanity over, mm-hmm. a way to introduce them to the main audience, get them over his heels, and just do... Like, you know you're going to get great matches with the three of them versus AJ and um, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. I think that's actually a good transition. And it would be a step down for AJ, but at the same time, I think he would enjoy working yeah. with those guys again. And it'd be a great SummerSlam program. I think that's what I would do if I was booking him. Yeah. Um, and then you could also elevate Daniel Bryan to a feud with Nakamura yeah. and have Nakamura beat Bryan. Yeah. And uh, there's just more options if Nakamura is champion. Yeah, I agree. And hey, AJ can't stay on top forever. Like I think him doing, you know, him him taking a step down for a little bit. Everyone's done that before. Batista's done it. Cena's done it. Roman Reigns has done it. You know. Brock Lesnar did it. At some and point, if you need so. him back on top, you can easily move him over. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's a good point. All right. Um, any other final backlash thoughts before we get out of here? I, I'm just so happy it's not four hours, but it's. Oh, it's going to be four hours, by the way. <laughs> please. Please. How many matches <laughs> are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Might, eight matches? Might, oh, yeah. Might go over three hours a little bit. I'm sure there'll be one, one of them, hopefully, will be a kickoff match because hopefully they won't add any more. But I just can't stand those pay per views that end at 11 30 after midnight. Like, I got writing to do, man. I want to go to bed after that. 
Uh, is there a cruiserweight title match? A what? Is there a cruiserweight title match at this show? I don't see one. Are we not getting uh, Cedric versus like Buddy Murphy? Hmm. I guess not. I, That's weird. Why are they not doing a cruiserweight title match? So there's eight matches. Cruiserweight title match yeah. is not one. Um, Cedric won it at WrestleMania. Why? I'm not sure why they wouldn't do it at Backlash. Have a title match. But or at least have a rematch against Mustafa or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, uh, the only episode of 205 Live I've watched since WrestleMania was this past week. When Buddy Murphy killed a guy. Oh my God! So. You need to go back and watch Buddy Murphy. Okay, so there was a fatal four way with Murphy, uh, Tazawa. Um, who else was in this? Uh, crap, I don't remember. Mustafa. Who else? Maybe I don't know. Who? Oh, what? was it Kalisto? Kalisto. Okay, in this. probably. And someone else. Oh, uh, TJP. Okay. Incredible. That was after. I promise you, just watch it. It was after WrestleMania. It was a couple uh, weeks ago. It was like they got like twenty minutes. Okay. Murphy ended up winning, but um, Murphy may have my favorite finisher as a whole in WWE right now. It looks absolutely devastating. And is it not it's so three quick. power bombs to kill someone? No, that is not his <laughs> finisher. No. Let me tell you, and WWE posted the video too so on Twitter. I couldn't believe they did that, but um, I'm not. Sh- to me, it's like okay, maybe the guy wasn't seriously injured, but if you did not see that. Uh, I, it's scary, but at the same time, I think the guy's okay. So um, it's good news. I haven't read anything that he was seriously injured, but hopefully he just got knocked out. But oh my god, it was one of the scariest things I've seen on live TV. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that yeah. because that's the only show. The one week I missed two out five, but last, he, he was pin- by Buddy Murphy. He was pinning him, and then after the ref counted two. You just kind of see him go, oh, crap, this guy's out. And he just stops the pin, and he gets off the referee, stops the match immediately. It, it was incredible. It just I couldn't believe what I was seeing because it was the first time I watched it live in a while. And I was like, oh, my God, did this really happen? It was just, hmm. like, so weird because just weird. And the fact that they posted it, I was like, what is going on? But kudos to Buddy know. Murphy. He made it. He made it look devastating. <laughs> he's good. Buddy yeah. Murphy is actually. I good. do enjoy the storylines that they had going for him, and he's a guy. The weight class stuff. Yeah, and he's a guy that I drafted when uh, on the Straight Shooters podcast. We had our drafts like a couple of years ago, and I drafted Blake and Murphy. What happened to Murphy? Uh, I mean, not uh, Blake, Blake. Yeah, I have no rather. clue. Have no. Oh, he's. I know what he's doing. He's been doing dark matches in this new like uh, MAGA trio with um cutler the former military guy and there's someone else in that group is it lacey evans i have no clue i feel like they're doing wesley blake is doing like some stable with steve cutler <laughs> who was on nxt like six months ago we haven't seen him since. <laughs> they are the forgotten sons okay all right well there you go there yeah I, I didn't even know that so i don't think anybody knows that <laughs> So what we're saying is Buddy Murphy has taken that next step. and uh, Dude, Buddy but, Murphy's great. That guy yeah. is an athletic freak. He is. He really is. I don't know about his character. I don't know who he is. He still has the same like tag team music from a couple years ago. <laughs> I don't really know any of that. But I will say he is absolutely jacked. And it says he is 207 yeah. pounds. So he's right there. He just looks a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be because he's only 5'11". And this is someone who is five, which is that, but... funny because he doesn't look that small in the ring. You know, exactly. like Daniel Bryan looks it's... smaller than him. 
Is Dan what is Dan O'Brien? That's a good question. Elias always looks smaller. Like that's the biggest yeah, issue with Elias. Yeah. I'm not the first person to bring that up, but like if he was four inches taller, he would already be WWE champion. Um, <laughs> that's a great character he has too. Like he's got the the audience on the palm of his hands. I love Elias. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, he's six two, but he looks like wow. five seven. It, it, wow, that's surprising. He needs to wear lifts. <laughs> Johnny Gargano is 5'10". Okay. Oh, wow. Now we're doing... This is great podcasting at the end. I'm just like looking at everybody's height now. Um, yeah. Oh, and release No Way Jose. That's a great end this. Uh, go ahead and uh, do that uh, because that is not good. And uh, I miss Adam Rose because that was fun. And I was pretty high on him when that was all coming about in NXT like five years ago. Yeah, I, I'm right, more man. into No Way Jose than I was Adam Rose to tell you the truth. I don't well, know you why. Will not be back but... on this podcast because Noah Jose <laughs> is actually bad. And oh no! That Baron Corbin stuff this week was terrible. It wasn't good, that's for sure. And Baron Corbin has been my pick to like have a big feud with Roman Reigns this year, and like I think he got moved to Raw because Vince loves him, <laughs> and he just seems like someone Vince is going to back big time this year. So we'll see. But not a great start because he was reportedly in the doghouse back uh, SummerSlam. Was do you know what he's in the doghouse <laughs> for? No. Talking about the WWE doctors who uh, oh, they got, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. oh my god he was in the doghouse for pointing out of how ridiculous the WWE doctors are and just how they've handled everything else like I I was blown away I don't remember all the exact details but I remember there was something weird with the WWE doctors and their relationship with an old like an didn't he uh, exiled but it was it, a former NFL doctor yeah, who yeah. was like it, some weird concussion stuff um and I'm gonna go ahead and throw the word allegedly in front of all of that so no one gets in trouble here but like <laughs> i just remember reading that of like wait what is the problem here he played football like baron corbin no like it yeah that was so bizarre yeah yeah that was weird well Corey graves is now in the doghouse for um opining on instagram about um saudi arabia so oh boy yeah i didn't see that one oh uh, cory graves had this picture um Oh, what was it? But apparently, I think it was on Wrestling Observer Radio this week that they talked about uh, Corey Graves being in potentially hot water for his comments. Um, It wasn't much. It was like two sentences. What was it? I want to read direct quote. I don't want to. Did he delete it? Nope. Here it is. Um, He said a drink to remember that no matter how bad or (laughs) that's where my brain is right now (laughs) a drink to remember that no matter how bad we think we have it at least our women have rights and we all have freedom of expression hashtag if you get it you get it oh boy man i mean he's not wrong he's he's not but but weird he knew what he was doing there. (laughs) yeah absolutely Mm. well this could be it for the peacock (laughs) Um, no Oh man! But he's All right, he's, man. Well, this he's has been a lot of the fun. real free agent. He's on both shows. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> An actual free agent, uh, Corey Graves. Uh, good luck in your future endeavors. Um, Corey Graves is awesome, and I hope that does not happen. I just hope he leaves Raw because the Raw commentary team is absolute trash, and it drives me insane. And he's so good on SmackDown. Yeah, he just works with Byron and phillips i hope he just stays there full time like that's what i want and then maybe move nigel up to raw or something and have yeah <sighs> nigel's been gone with the baby and everything else but then again personally well, he, he was on, good. I, I think he was back this week on 205 live now was you he, know the nxt taping that's the he, best he missed group. all of them so he won't be on there for the, like the next month but that's right yeah, yeah. i think he was back Nick this joseph week. is really good 
those two are just nice. They're yeah. quiet. Uh-huh. They, you can tell that Vince does not watch two of five live <laughs> based on their commentary. Yeah. But I enjoy it. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, like, let things really breathe. Good. You know, they, I hate the over talking. Like I just hate it. And, and that, Morrow does that to some extent, but the thing that I appreciate about Morrow is he actually knows every single move right. being executed. Yeah. And he calls him out, which is fine, even though he's a little hyperbolic and the Mamma Mia stuff and right, all that's right. a little ridiculous. And when he gets all like millennial friendly yeah, in yeah. some of his catchphrases, kind yeah. of eye rolling. But uh I appreciate his knowledge, I guess, more than anything. So that's it's kinda like JR to me, where I miss that kind of insight yeah it was it was good yeah i think uh you know part of the reason i just can't get i try to like impact wrestling i try to give them the benefit of the doubt the the commentary just kills it for me it's just too much i haven't it, watched in months. i mean i like the stars i you know they're going young their storylines are, are they are i okay. think scott signer's a title holder right now <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> Alberto De Rio was a whole title holder recently. He's gone, thankfully. Like, okay, forever. Hopefully, I love Austin Aries. Um, yeah, he's he's there. Uh, Eli Drake's pretty good. I, I like him. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not fully invested. Wait, isn't Pentagon Junior the champion now? Right now, yeah. Don't they have some weird deal with like Lucha yeah. Underground now? Where okay, yeah, and. Uh, you know they have they actually had a pay per view last week, but I didn't I didn't watch it. I'm not like that invested, but I DVR it every week. I don't always watch it every week, but I do try to keep up at least. But the commentary it just it it, it was better last week because it was the week after a pay per view, and they have Don Callis is a play by not play by play, but uh, like a color guy. I don't even remember who the main guy was. Uh, maybe it was Josh Matthews, but. Matthews is terrible. When when it's all pre-recorded stuff, it's just so bad. I, I just can't enjoy the product. And the same yeah. thing, you know, with Raw and SmackDown. Like, commentary ruins so much for me. And I'm just so used to what I grew up with, with, you know, Gorilla Monsoon. Even Vince McMahon, like, he wasn't that bad. He was, I, he was okay. <laughs> you know, he wasn't Gorilla Monsoon, but he, he wasn't terrible. So, I don't know. Commentary is a huge thing. For me, at least. Fair enough. Yeah. Nick Bacone. Yeah. Always a pleasure, sir. Appreciate it, man. Always have fun talking wrestling with Chase Thomas. Always good. Um, we can find you on Twitter at Nick Bacone. <laughs> we can read you at Philly Influencer. And we can listen to you with friend of the pod, Von Johnson, on the Straight Shooters podcast. Nick, uh, let's talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. I just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate if you could take a second, leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas writer. Thank you for your support and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks guys.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.